And uh, I want to start, though, with some breaking news that uh, came out of the Albany Times Union this past Friday. Under the headline, FBI probing Cuomo's office hiring practices, agents have interviewed Governor Cuomo staffers who are being paid through other agencies. Here's uh, just two quick paragraphs uh, from the article, and then we'll get into some discussion of it. The FBI is investigating the Cuomo administration practice of hiring employees to work in the governor's office while actually paying them through various state agencies and public authorities. In recent months, FBI agents have interviewed a number of people who work for the governor's office but are paid by separate agencies. Also, it goes on to say here that in at least some of those instances, letters have stated an employee would be working for the agency or authority rather than in the executive office. An other line of questioning by the FBI has been whether the executive chamber's official job duties have any correlation with the agency or any authority actually paying them. That's the story from the Albany Times Union. Uh, They have a list, in fact, of all the different employees in the executive chamber and uh, how many of them actually are paid by the executive chamber, one, two, three, four, five, Uh, others from all sorts of agencies. But the defense from the Cuomo office is this is the way it's done. This is the way it has been done since the Rockefeller administration. Let's bring in someone who has maybe not covered state government for quite that long, but certainly uh, for the administration of Andrew Cuomo and his father. Um, uh, Alan Shartok is with us now, Professor Alan Shartok from SUNY Albany. Uh, Professor Shartok, thanks for joining us. What do you make of this? Is this is this nothing or is this something? Well, it depends. You know, Dave, one of the problems that these guys all face, everybody faces now, is that the rules change ex post facto. Now, they are absolutely right. They're rather fresh-mouthed, uh, rich as a party, the governor's attacked on, uh, said, go ask Pataki about this. <laughs> yeah, because it was done during that administration, too, he's saying. And every other administration, they don't want to show that too many people are working in the executive chamber, which are just dumb, because most people don't know a thing about state government. Really, they just don't know anything about state government. And this is a whole hummer, if there ever was one. Now, I have been a big critic of Andrew Cuomo, and anybody uh, knows that, uh, who reads my stuff or who listens to public radio. Um, you know, I think the guy's a bully, and I think he's got, uh, I think he's got issues, but I have to tell you... I don't see this, unless, of course, they're going to change the rules uh, now and say, okay, this is not right. You, you, you can't do that. Look, I was around, uh, Dave, when um, Manfred Orenstein, who I had once worked for, uh, was arrested on 500 counts of using state employees, his employees, to go out and campaign for him. And um, he got off. You know why he got off? Because all the other guys weren't. We're doing the same thing. All the other guys, they did the same thing, and they all stood up for him because they knew if they got Orenstein, they were next. Um, so, um, so sure enough, um, th- th- that was that was wiped out. And there, you had uh, the uh, U.S. Attorney Morgenthau, who was then Morgenthau, uh, uh, doing his uh, damnedest to get Orenstein um, convicted. Um, so they changed the rule. That's what's happening here now, because we know that everybody else was doing it. So if, if they think they can get Cuomo, uh, you know, he's a rough and double guy, um, I, don't see, I don't see how this happens. Well, then could it be that they're looking at this because it gets their, their foot in the door, as it were? Uh, once they start asking for information and getting records on X, perhaps leading to Y, whatever that would be. It's, it certainly could be, you know. 
this guy, Cuomo, has a lot of problems coming up. First of all, you should, let's set the stage. He has 26 or 27 that we know about, million dollars in his campaign funds. That's huge. Harry Wilson has talked about, uh, uh, you know, putting 10 of his own money into it. That still leaves a long way to go. You're not going to be able to turn the television on without seeing everything that Andrew Cuomo has done, braggadocio, um, you know, uh, using, using all of that money. So it's going to be very hard to beat him. As you know, better than anybody, because you're there, he's put a billion dollars into the into Buffalo, the so-called Buffalo Billions. I was I met with a businessman uh, not that long ago who told me, you know, uh, you can't fault him for that. He did what he said he was going to do. So, so he's a guy who's played the game. But on the other hand, listen, Dave, he's got all of his his friends, um, you know, or many of them. One of whom he described as the third brother that Mario loved more than anybody else. Um, uh, coming up for trial, and they've got one of his compatriots, well, that guy's compatriots, who got into the so-called bribery scheme with him, who has already pleaded guilty. So everybody in Albany is waiting to see what's going to happen there. And in fact, the Times Union story about this latest FBI probe makes a tangential mention of that. Uh, one of the guys, of course, that you're referring to there is Joseph Prococo, uh, the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office, and this is right from the article, the Times Union article, yeah. alleges that Prococo accepted bribes from Syracuse developer Stephen Aliello. Uh, and it turns out Aliello's son was actually paid as a staffer through the executive office, but paid by the Division of Military and Naval Affairs. He since left the administration, but he's another example of this kind of stuff that the FBI is looking at right now. Could it be they're looking at the big issue in order to find out more about the littler issue, Aliello, the bribes, etc.? Well, anything is possible. That's for sure. Uh, Cuomo is a tough guy. I often call him Tough Guy Andrew. Um, and, you know, as you probably remember or may not remember, I had a program with his father for upward of 12 years sure. on all the public radio stations in, in New York. And people uh, in New York City still think the Cuomo name is magic, right? So that even though, and they don't know anything about state politics, so what happens is they like, uh, they, they like Cuomo because they think he's his father. He's not. Believe me, he's not. Uh, the father was gracious, nice, uh, funny. Andrew was none of those. <laughs> none of those things, I can tell you right now. And he does tend to make a lot of enemies. For example, down in New York City, he is arch enemies with Bill de Blasio, uh, the mayor. And those guys are going to kill each other off. I suspect both of them th thought or think, Andrew still thinks, that they could be president of the United States. Um, and we know that the long history of New York state politics is that mayors and governors kill each other. I, can, I go back far enough to be able to tell you that I saw John Lindsay and Nelson Rockefeller do exactly that to each other, kill each other. So um, there are a lot of people who are out there who are encouraging journalists and investigators and others to go get Andrew. All right. Now, you mentioned the presidential aspirations. That, of course, is an open secret. I think we've talked about that with you and a lot of other people. One of the other things that this Times Union, Albany Times Union report about the FBI's latest probe uh, makes mention of is the fact that some of these hires, some of these people that uh, work for the executive chamber but are paid by other state agencies have uh, interesting ties to either the Hillary Clinton campaign or President Obama. Can we then assume, based on that, uh, he asks somewhat rhetorically, 
can we then assume that he's building up a campaign staff in the halls of government? Yes, I think one can assume that every one of these hires is there for a reason. But that doesn't make it criminal. Uh, you know, Nelson Rockefeller did a lot of that. Um, uh, Pataki's people who were heavily influenced by uh, none other than Alphonse uh, D'Amato um, were, were picked. Um, there's a, there are all kinds of stories about how Al D'Amato walked up to Betsy McCoy, remember her, lieutenant governor in New York, uh, when she was giving a speech on healthcare somewhere and said, do you want to run for lieutenant governor? I don't know. I don't know if she was attractive. I don't know if it's, um, uh, it was apocryphal or not. But it certainly is one of those stories that everybody tells. Um, so, so yes, people will use the power of the, of the, of their offices in order to fill their, fill their hands. And again, it's done, not illegal, but it's something they all do and something that maybe the good government groups, the reform groups look at, but it's legal. David, it, it, that's the interesting part of all of this. The question is, are they going to turn around and make what was legal for all these years into something that is, you know, illegal, uh, theft of honest services or anything else they, they could come up with? That becomes, and that happens. You mentioned you're going to talk about, um, later in the show, you're going to talk about uh, uh, the, the sexual harassment claims. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of that has been going on for a billion years. We know that. Um, and now, all of a sudden, things that people did uh, in uh, you know 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, have cost them everything. Yeah, no due process, no trial. You're fired, Garrison Keeler. You know, you're bringing all this money into Minnesota Public Radio, but you're fired. And he says, I don't even know what I did. Um, but what happened is that somebody changed the, the rules. And the rules became, if you ever hug the person illegally or, or unwantingly, or if you ever kiss somebody, if you ever did this or that, men ask all the time. I don't know, Dave, uh, if, you, if you're one who never did in your whole life made an approach to a woman... Um, and then got thwarted, then you would be uh, in a very small group of people. But the point is, that's now the rule, and that's what's happening. They changed the rules. All right, moving goalposts there. Alan Shartok is with us, political commentator. He's with SUNY Albany and a lot of other ventures. We'll run down the list on the other side of a break. When we come back, Alan, I want to handicap a little bit of the Republican side of the race, people who would like to run against Andrew Cuomo. Harry Wilson, of course, is the big name that a lot of the Republicans are talking about. But just this morning... We've gotten word from sources that former Erie County Executive Joel Giambra doesn't have his hat in the ring yet, but he's got in his hand and he's waiting to see whether he's going to toss it or not. We'll talk about that when we come back. Much more to come. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Good morning. This is Dave Debo. Albany based commentator Alan Shartok is with us. He is a professor at SUNY Albany, uh, runs the Legislative Gazette, sort of a newspaper that uh, students and interns write uh, there. Uh, he's the head of WAMC in Albany, a guy that has been around there for a long time, from uh, back in the days of Mario Cuomo, at the very least. You even wrote a book about Mario, didn't you, uh, Dr. Shartok? I, I did, called Me and Mario. <laughs> and it was it was about the sense of humor of Mario Cuomo, who was a magnificent uh, uh, raconteur. Um, I just want to correct one thing. Of course, I'm 76 years old, although I act like I'm 40, 
and I do. Um, I, I have retired at SUNY. Okay. I'm emeritus. Emeritus at SUNY, then. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the governor's race upcoming, specifically on the Republican side of the ledger. Breaking news this morning that, that certainly makes news here in western New York, probably not there on the other side of the state. Former Erie County Executive Joel Giambra, uh, sources close to him, have indicated that he is about to consider running for governor uh, and uh, that if Harry Wilson doesn't necessarily come in, then he would definitely toss his hat in the race. Talk a little bit about Harry Wilson, who he is, and what kind of traction he has before we get your action, reaction to uh, uh, the possibility of Joel Giambra and the others that are out there. Well, sure. First of all, Harry Wilson did very well. He ran against Tom DiNapoli, who I think is perhaps the best uh, guy in state government right now, uh, for controller. Uh, and he did it because Andrew was putting a knife in um, DiNapoli's back. It was one of the worst things he ever did. We never, to this day, we don't really know why he was so anti-DiNapoli, but he was. Uh, and therefore, uh, Harry Wilson did extremely well because uh, Andrew was letting out hints that his own party's guy was no good. Uh, and, uh, and But he did well, uh, and therefore he is regarded by many of the insiders in the Republican press, and believe me, I talk to all of them all the time on the radio. Um, they, are, they are convinced he's their cop. And he is a, a business turnaround artist, a guy, as you said, yep. who ran uh, for Comptroller once before, uh, someone who has said he'll toss in uh, $10 million of his own dollars to fund a race. Uh, he is the heir apparent, maybe, to this race, you say. I think that's the one they want. They had people who could have run and could have offered a fresh face. Uh, there's a guy named Chris Gibson, um, who is a congressman from, uh, from the uh, Columbia County area, who people loved, loved this guy. Uh, and he went around, and I happen to know it because I've talked to him about it. He went around and talked to all of them, and they all said, scram. There's one of these guys who, while people didn't know them, know the guy, once they got to meet him, they were going to love him. Um, you know, it, we have a, a, a word in, in, in David, in uh, politics, or we have a, a sense that you can't uh, beat somebody with no one. Well, I want to remind you, George Pataki was a no one. <laughs> right. Mario, but it was the fourth term, which was a little bit of, you know, chutzpah to run four times, but... That's what it was. It was a Republican year, and Pataki won, and was governor for three terms. All right, so let's assume that it, for some reason, doesn't end up being Harry Wilson. Then you've kind of got a free-for-all. Brian Kolb, the Senate Assembly Leader Republican, is there. Mark Molinaro, the Dutchess County Executive, is there. And uh, Joel Giambra has said if Harry Wilson is out, uh, sources say that, that, that he's looking at it possibly there as well. Uh, a situation where I think... Um, we suddenly have a lot of different people tossing their hat in the ring if it's not Harry Wilson. What do you make of that? Well, they, it's, look, uh, when I interview these guys in the Republican uh, establishment, I always say to them, come on, what do you got? Bring it, bring it. Tell me what you got. And they always come up with the same old, same old guys. Uh, Brian Kolb, I've, I've talked to him many, many times. I like the guy a lot, but he's not exactly a household name. He's a, in the endangered species known as the Republican minority in the New York State Assembly. Uh, you know, he's not a he's not a guy who um, who is going to beat uh, who's going to beat Andrew, in my opinion. Although I like him a lot. All right, so handicap an upstater who is probably not known downstate and hasn't been in state government for ten years. Talk a little bit about Joel Giambra. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, my instincts are no. 
Um, we don't know why people get in, Dave. They get in sometimes. They want their name known. Uh, sometimes they get in because, let's say, Colvis said, okay, I've had it as Assembly Minority Leader. I haven't been able to do much to re- increase uh, our population in the Assembly, so this is a good way to go out. Um, and, you know, in each of these cases, you've got to figure out why they're doing uh, what they're doing. But I think that if Wilson is, and they are always being piggy about it, the Republican leaders, they always want somebody who will pay for their own campaign. They don't want somebody who doesn't have enough money. Astorino was a very long, good possibility. Uh, but then he lost for, uh, for, for his leadership position in Westchester County. Yeah. So that was the end of him. Uh, and uh, now they're left with, I think, uh, not a strong bench. Harry Wilson or a lot of other also-rans, you'd say? Yeah, well, it depends on what happens at the trial. That's what everybody's looking at. If, in fact, these guys don't want to go to jail and they throw Andrew under the bus. Now, I think if Preet Bharara had anything on Andrew, I know Preet pretty well, he would have indicted him. Um, but all these guys around Andrew could well go to jail. In fact, their wives could go to jail in some cases. So if, in fact, the trial of the century comes on, and that's what it's going to be, and they start to throw, say, well, I told Andrew this and I told Andrew that, um, that in order to avoid jail themselves, that could be a big deal. All right, Professor Shartak, we are out of time. Got to uh, rush along. Thanks for joining us this morning. More to come. It's Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN Buffalo.